Why are we called Negroes? Why are we deaf, dumb, and blind? Why is everybody making progress, yet we seem to be lagging so far behind? Why are we mistreated? Why are we in this condition, stripped of our name, our language, our culture, our God, and our religion? Here in America, all of our religious training has been gotten by the preacher. He has told us of a heaven way up in the sky that we can't enjoy now, but rather after we die. But all of the years that we're living, for us there's nothing but hell, pain, torture, and misgiving. Yet the Bible speaks of a heaven filled with material luxuries, which the white man and the preacher has right here, so we see. So, my friend, take it for what it's worth. Your heaven and your hell is right here on this earth. So let's check back into history, which rewards all research and tells us plainly that before the white man gained entry to the east, he was living in the caves of Europe, a ravenous beast, eating juniper roots and eating flesh raw, till God sent Moses to civilize him and teach him the law. Then following Marco Polo, an explorer, he gained entry into Asia and Africa. From China, he took silk and gunpowder. From India, he took juice, manganese, and rubber. He raped Africa of her diamonds and her gold. From the Mideast, he took barrels of oil untold. Raping, robbing, and murdering everything in his path. The whole black world has tasted of the white man's wrath. So, my friend, it's not hard to tell. A white man's heaven is a black man's hell. Yes, we are back. Welcome, everyone. I thank you for being here with me today. It's a wonderful day. It is a really heavy rainstorm, so you might hear something that sounds like static in the background. But on these metal roofs, the rain even is amplified even more so in its sound. So you may hear that. It's almost like back in the day when television didn't go 24 hours. But it would end at 3.30 or 4 o'clock in the morning, maybe 2. And then you'd hear the national anthem. You'd see a flag. You'd hear a tone. And you'd see these lines, colorful lines like a rainbow. And then after that, you'd just see static and snow. But that was a long time ago, and many of you here might not remember even that much. Some of you will. And if you do, you're telling your age. <laughs> the same with me. But the bottom line is that that was a wonderful time, and it's still a wonderful time. And am I crazy for saying that? No, because like you all well know, there's a little thunder. Now, if it happens to blink out for a half second, I'm well prepared to come back on to the show independently of the power that's up here. Well, anyway, I spoke on the other day about escaping into your inner verse, 
having the ability to tune out the chaos, the envy, the jealousy, the greed, the gossip that surrounds you and escape into yourself so that on that day you are able to produce something that will last beyond that particular day and the aggressions that you had towards you. In order to do that, you have to understand that there is a future for you, that whatever you're going through at this present time, that other people would say, oh, this is driving me crazy. No, hunker down, look within, and create something, even if it's just a thought, that will last long beyond that time that you had to endure those dysfunctions that were inflicted on you. And I've done this in my life time and time again. A lot of the artwork that you see on landscurve.com, if you see it pinned to the top of this particular chat room, you'll see artwork that was done in times when I was made to be the adversary, the bad guy, because of somebody else's dysfunctions. So I said, you know what? This too shall pass. Let me have something created at this time that will last long into the future, long after those entities are either off in their own world, dead, or whatever. It won't matter. Always make today count. And perceptions are, are a heavy thing with mental health, schizophrenia, and so many other conditions. And so mental health is nothing bad. It means just mental health. It's like saying physical health. Most of us as black people, and, and let me just pull back this uh, scrolling uh, information banner from the bottom because I said mental health and schizophrenia. Why do black people fear getting the treatment? Why do black people fear getting treatment? I ain't crazy. I don't need to go to no shrink. But if somebody shot you in the leg, well, guess what? You want to go, to, man, take me to the emergency room, man. I've been shot. We don't understand that we have been through so much. And it's in our DNA, the trauma passed on generation to generation because it just didn't happen now. And now I know you hear that sound of, of rain coming down in the back. Again, that's not any kind of malfunction of my equipment. It's just that being so high up in the mountains, we are up in the clouds. So that initial burst, we're right here with it. We don't look up when the rainstorm comes. We look sideways because we're in the clouds. <laughs> it's, it's a weird thing, but it's true. So that being said, just let me know how the sound is coming through, if this is not overtaking me, you know. Um, and while I'm doing that, let me just greet Sweet D, you're the sweetest, conjure woman, you're the charismatic, yes, and awesome. Thanks for being here, and greetings back to you. There are 12 other people on the stream right now, and there'll be more listening after this is over because this wasn't scheduled where you knew it was coming on from a long time ago. I did this at the last minute. So with the rain around me up in the mountains in West Africa, Ghana, I come to you with another little chat. And this is not going to be super long, you know. Um, really, you just got out of a couple rainy couple of days, which is good. It's good. Unless you have to go out in it and get wet or whatever. That's good, too, right? Yeah, but like I said, I ain't crazy. That's the first response that we have. But then if our car has a malfunction or a vehicle, our truck, our SUV, whatever it may be, man, I got to take this vehicle to the shop, man, because something wrong with it. Wow, this rain is really coming down hard. And it's not going to last because I can see over the horizon that it's a little clearing over the mountains. But we do that for our car. We do that if we get shot or feel a pain in our leg and our chest. We run to the hospital. We run to the mechanic. 
But whenever anyone suggests to us that maybe we might be a little stressed mentally, right? We say we ain't crazy because for some reason, somehow, those of us who need it the most reject that type of help even more so. Now, I have my issues with the mental health uh, industry, if you can call it that. I have my issues with that. And, you know, from what I see, and this is me, and I never really had issues where I had to go and go get pills prescribed to me. Oh, this rain is really coming down. And it's really beautiful looking over. It's a beautiful sight. And the trees are dancing like they're on Soul Train, coming down the Soul Train line. And it just increased even more. And this is a noise-canceling mic, so I know you can still hear me. Just let me know. Wow, it's getting louder and louder and louder. Look at that. You hear that sound? Wow, it's a beautiful thing. How are you, Reese? Good to see you here. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep on going because I know you can hear my voice because I'm the closest one to this mic, but I know you hear it in the background. And that's kind of cozy for this show. And remember, this is not going to be a three-hour show. I'm going to get right to the point, and I will be back later on most definitely. But it's nice to be home on a Sunday. No reason to go out. But want to, I can. And um, it's just nice. So, I'm going to read off something really quick, and let me find it, just to set the tone. And this is from Mental Health America, and it's mhanational.org. So, this is basically a mainstream-type website that deals with everyone, but it's specifically speaking on... American Africans right now. So it says, black and African-American communities and mental health, right? I have some funny anecdotes also. But here it is. Overall, mental health conditions occur in black and African-American people in America at about the same or less frequency than the white Americans. The same or less, the same or less. So at worst, it's the same, but at best or usually it's less, okay? Now, I don't know if they made this statement to say in proportion, right? Percentage or just less because in America, we are less in numbers, so it should always be less. So I'm assuming that this means proportionately which is really a victory and a shock because after what we've been through, it really should be more, what we have to endure. We are a strong people overall and had to endure so much, but there are some scratches and dents and malfunctions that happen with us because we've had to deal so, with so much. That was me talking. Let me just continue. However, the historical black and African-American experience in America has and continues to be characterized by trauma and violence more often than for their white counterparts and impacts emotional and mental health of both youth and adults. Historical dehumanization, oppression, and violence against black and African-American people 
has evolved into present-day racism, structural, institutional, and individual, and cultivates a uniquely mistrustful and less affluent community experience, characterized by a myriad of disparities, including inadequate access to and delivery of care in the health system. And I will add on in the health system overall. Okay. We don't use, this is me talking now. It's not the article. We don't usually have the jobs that have the benefits that will allow us to easily go in with a card and a, a inexpensive copay, right? Lots of times because we may not have as much money because we just have it like that where we don't, may not have a job or a low paying job. So we don't have the disposable income, which is very important to go in with no health coverage and pay the full price for health coverage. So we go on limping along, not taking care of things because of our financial situation. When you got that severe pain in your ankle and the rent's due next week, well, guess what wins? The rent got to be paid because I'm not going to have no doctor take all my money and now I can't pay the rent and I'm going to be on the curb. Here's the article again. Processing and dealing with layers of individual trauma on top of new mass traumas from the C-19, you know what it is, I ain't going to say it, which uncertainty, isolation, grief from financial or human losses, police brutality, and its fetishization in news media and divisive political rhetoric adds compounding layers of complexity for individuals to responsibly manage. It's too much. It's too much. We got all this stuff going on in the world against us, and we know how to slip and slide and avoid a lot of these things, but it's also the perception. This is me talking now. And also what we've gone through being worn down from all of this stuff. You see what I mean? Again, structural, institutional, and individual racism. So we have some Caucasians who are isolated from our community, and they turn around, oh, slavery is over. Yeah, there are a couple of racists out there, but it's the Ku Klux Klan. They don't live towards you, around you. But it's institutional and structural and individual. So we have the other people that know nothing about what we feel. We are only 13% of the population. I just find it so crazy that all along we've been 13% of the population. we got people coming into the country that look like us, having sex and having babies like crazy, but we're only 13% of the population. Now, not to go off on that, but look when President Obama was in office, he dealt with Latino and LGBTQ issues. With, with President Biden, with his senile behind, with his Alzheimer's having self, whatever it is, he loves to give into gravity. He lays down when gravity says lay down. He, he gives a bill or acknowledges Chinese hate. I don't hate Chinese people. Most black people don't hate Chinese people. They're eating from their restaurants, eating that poison most of the time. But they focus on everything else. This is almost like being in a relationship where you're not even acknowledged. 
Your good points are not acknowledged. Everybody else is acknowledged except you. But you're the driving force in that relationship, but you're ignored. So after a while, you begin to enjoy the attention from other people. So we don't have that option as black folks. We're constantly ignored. In our reality, what we say is ignored. That's almost like the person who says, sweetheart, I'm not feeling too good. There's an issue that we have, and they don't want to hear it. Well, the minute you go get a gun and walk outside and shoot up everybody around you, you know what I mean? Oh, now we got a problem. You should have talked to me. You should have said something. Or the minute you take a machete and start chopping people's heads off, we're ignored. We're not crying out for attention for attention's sake. It's because things are going on with us. And with black folks, we're portrayed as being crazy. We have social media. So when we are when we are displayed, walking around crazy, men in dresses, sashaying down the street, men who are high on drugs and emotional issues and mental issues and breaking down from the frustrations of not being able to be a man the way you know you need to be a man, not just a male. And you don't get that respect in your own household or your own community. So when they act out, does it surprise you? You see what I mean? These external things can help to bring on mental health issues as you struggle with these things. Here it is. Help-seeking behavior is affected by mistrust of the medical system and often begins with faith-based outreach. The churches, right? The religious institutions are those funded by the religious institutions. Now, remember the name of this website is Mental Health America. So when you hear M-A-H, that's what it means. And here it is. However, M-H-A screening data shows that black and African-American people who screen positive for depression, self-identity, or identify as planning to seek help at higher rates than the general population says they will seek help. Unfortunately, black and African-American providers who are known to give more appropriate and effective care to black and African-American help seekers make up a very small portion of the behavioral health provider workforce. Because of these factors and more, black and African-American people are more likely to experience chronic and persistent rather than episodic mental health conditions. You hear what they said? Chronic and persistent. Persistent, it ain't going away. Yet, hopeful recovery should remain as light is shed on these issues and the general public holds accountable policymakers and health systems to evolve better systems which eliminate inequities in mental health services. Now, I know this article wasn't written yesterday. might be two or three years old, so the numbers might be off a little bit. I'm going to read off some things, and I'm just going to kind of add on myself. Boy, the time is flying, and the rain is reducing a little bit, even though you can still hear it. It's okay. Demographics and societal issues. 13.4% of the U.S. population, or nearly 46 million people, identify themselves as black or African-American and another 2.7% identify as multiracial. Now, you can identify as any way you want to identify. 
I just want to stick this in. But if you're saying that you're not black, I'm not African, you can say that. You got men who wear dresses who say they're not a man or a male. You can say that, but that's not necessarily the reality. I can say I'm Mickey Mouse. And in this world now, the way they identify, well, we have to address Lance Curve as Mickey Mouse. So we're already setting ourselves up for even more mental health issues by embracing this foolishness. Okay? So we have black people who, I always say it, I'm not African, I'm FBA, foundational black American. No, I'm not foundational black American. I'm not African. I'm Eidos. American descendants of slavery. And then you have the other ones who say, I ain't black because I got these old Photoshop pictures of a couple of people who are Native American, but they had black kids, so it's mixed in. So I'm not either that. I'm indigenous, and I've always been here. I don't know nothing about no Africa. Well, like I always say, the whole planet is Africa because it started there. So we got carvings in the Grand Canyon that are similar to in Africa. We got stuff in Mexico and South America. What does that say? We're people of the planet. And the others who get mad when we know what they know but don't want to say that they just got here a couple thousand years ago and have inserted themselves into the history books because they're the ones teaching it, they get mad and leave dumb comments on my videos and website. So you can call yourself what you call, want to call yourself, but on planet Africa, <laughs> the landmass that your conqueror has carved up to say we have boundaries, because who made the carvings in the land of boundaries? Was it us? Was it all one Africa? Was it all one planet? Who came and conquered the native people there and sliced and diced the world up? So when you have these black folks who are calling themselves this and calling themselves that, at 13.4% of the population, we're making the fight easier for the enemy because we're dividing ourselves up. Yes, I know I went off topic, but I have to say that. So for those who say they're FBA or ADOS or indigenous or whatever you want to call yourself, go rob a bank. And what are they going to say? Give us a description. Oh, it was a six-foot-four FBA, man. It was a six foot four, 250 pound Eidos man. No. Black male. Black female. This is what your enemy identifies you as. And you don't have to go by what your enemy, but you have to be aware of this stuff. But we now, when they throw out different categories because of their agents that are paid well on social media, it's social media influences because you don't watch TV no more. You watch that phone, that smartphone, you all up in the Internet, clicking on buttons and anything that can aid you in your desire to not be who you are. You roll with it, especially when you have other people in the comment section that are doing the rah, rah, rah with you. Yeah, we ain't black. Yeah, we and you have delusional people who have their mental health issues that get in there and want to divide and conquer. What help does it go for you? Let me just say something else. I was just watching a video a little while ago, and it was about World War III. But World, World War III has already begun. The positioning is there. So wherever you are, you better stay there and be ready for the next couple of years to just stay there, right? Now, this wasn't about the doom and gloom of war and nuclear war. Nuclear war will happen. 
And they were speaking about the dynamics of that. And there are things that, and I'm going to put that video in this community section here if you want to see it. And it was really halfway through where it really began to hit me, right? And what was it? Look, where I am is probably one of the safest places in the world to be. Most of Africa will be that because we have the resources. But the other places in the world that will get sliced and diced because of nuclear war, it's not just about nuclear war and bombs. I don't want to get too deep into this, but they basically said how America has the strongest military, but China has more people. Russia has dated uh, military armament, but they're not against war crimes. Like they say when they shot up and killed Ukrainian uh, citizens, which is a no-no, meaning that they are not against being dirty. Now, all of this stuff is in there, right? I just want to say this. What kind of world are we going to be in when this war is over? Which it ain't going to be something that happens in, you know, there'll be no flights, no nothing, nowhere, right? So we're going to be where we are. Who knows what else is going to happen? But after the war, whoever loses and what, 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 what alliances are there, because you can take a China, you can take a Russia, and they, they'll tell their allies, like, listen, if you want to keep getting this stuff from us, you better be on our side, the smaller countries. So we're going to have to make decisions. But the biggest thing for me was if China wins, when America defends them, taking back Taiwan, leave them people's business alone. This thing with Palestine and Israel and whatever, and you're giving out, leave them people's business alone. Because at the end of the day, if someone who is on the other side of being an American ally wins, America is going to get carved up. That's something that I didn't realize. Well, Russia will take the – and this guy suggested things, but it was in a very intelligent manner, and it was frightening. China will probably take the northwest part of America. Mexico will take probably uh, the original state's in that area, which they didn't have states, but they're going to, so I'm like, whoa, we don't think about the future lots of times. Now, getting back to the issue here with mental health, we don't allot time to have meaningful friendships that will undergird and help our mental health. Black people usually have alliances because of something else. Y'all are drinking together, smoking weed together, having sex together, but you really don't open up. Hell, look at our sisters before they go to what they call the beauty parlor. But they don't, they shouldn't call it. They already have a beauty. White women don't call it that. They say hair salon. But you'll have some of our sisters, and we know a lot of them who do that, who still go there. What do they do? Well, my hair looking real bad. I think I'm going to do my hair before I go to the, what you mean? But you mean you're going to do your hair before you go to the beauty parlor? You go into a church where every damn person that you have know that's probably either trying to get money out of you or lusting after you or gossiping on you. Oh, brother this and sister this and brother this and sister this. But when you have a problem, can you go to that brother and sister? What's the first response out your mouth? I ain't telling them people my business. Well, I thought they were brother this and sister this. So we got to get rid of these fake-ass relationships that we have. Let's be real for what it really is. Negro, you want something out of me. You want, you, want, you want the benefit of my money or you want the benefit of my sex. You want the benefit of what it is that I know. I know. You ain't really caring about me. 
And see, even when we lie to ourselves, we feel it. We know we can't go there. You go to a church and you can't ask or say anything because the minute you know that you stand up and say, well, you know, my husband left me and I don't know why, but they gossiping and they know why. Well, you ain't pay that man no time in no years. Well, what you think? You saw him slipping around the corner. We all knew that. You, you just found that out? So on a mental health level, we can't even... We don't have the support system that others may have. And yes, the Caucasian population in America, they say in the beginning of this article, we might have the same issues or less. Well, it should be less because we're less as far as the numbers are concerned. But at least them, they at least, not all of them, because we know we got them Charles Mansons out there, the mass murderers out there, and we know that the mass shootings, the majority of those are committed by white males, angry white males with guns. But then when you look at the news at night, they always find the Pukia Ray Ray who robbed the local liquor store and showcased that story, giving us the perception that we're the enemy, that we're the crooks, we're the thugs, we're the criminals. Let me keep on reading. According to the most recent census data available, 55% of all black and African-American people lived in the South. 18, and this is shifting numbers now. This is two or three years old. Those numbers are going to be off, but this still gives you a general idea. Right? 18% lived in the Midwest and 17% in the Northwest and 10% in the West. The black immigrant population in, in the U.S. increased from 816,000 in 1980 and 4.2 million by 2016, which tells us when this article was written, probably in 2017 or 18, because you're not going to have the full data of 2016 in 2016. So we say 2017, but this is a general synopsis. The numbers have changed a little bit, I'm quite sure, but the truth behind it still stands. 39% were from Africa and nearly half were from the Caribbean. 39% of that increase from 816,000 in 1980 to 4.2 million by 2016, 39% from Africa and nearly half from the Caribbean. So really and truly, if you say nearly half, it ain't half. Let's just say they say it's 48% from the Caribbean well, they're close by. Where do you expect them to go? But when Africans come to America and they sit here in 2017 and 18, 39% for sure, so that's about 40%. When they trek their way all the way over from the motherland, they're more on a mission. They're more on a mission. Hence, you have places like Houston, Texas, where they have a high Nigerian population as well as others, they have a strong community there. And from what I recently learned, that in Nigeria, many of the Nigerians who are there, they create their own businesses. Yes, you have the Indians who come there, and some of them are in the uh, uh, hospitality industry. Yes, you have some of the Lebanese in Nigeria who may open up a supermarket or two. But in Nigeria, unlike Ghana, 
they create their own businesses and run their own country and economic system. This is why I'm, I'm going off, but this is going to make this thing longer. I'm learning a lot these days because I'm around a lot of yabba, 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 yabba fools who don't know what the hell they're talking about. They don't do research. All they do is look at TikTok asses jumping in their face. And this is why the shows that I'm doing now are going to be more informative. I can talk the crap like anybody else. But with a weed-free, alcohol-free mind, I'd like to really apply it to learning stuff. Now, when you compare Nigeria to Ghana, who was it? The, who was it? They came out and say, yes, the year of return. Just the same as many, if not more, Nigerians had slaves at the time or those who were enslaved because we're not slaves at birth, unless you were over here. They had more of a reason to say, hey, let's have the year of return. But with the president, and I ain't going to get too political because I live here. I don't want nobody knocking on my doors with machine guns. They had to find a way in a cash-strapped nation called Ghana to bring in more revenue without taking more loans from the IMF or anywhere else where they were already struggling to pay back, hence the poor economy. So they had to come up with a gimmick. How are we going to get more money? So let's have this campaign about the year of return and attract all of these people, black people from America, who are going to be sentimental about the motherland they catching hell over there and let's try to get them to come as tourists and let's try to get some to come over here to bring their money and live they ain't giving away no citizenships too quick now are they doesn't matter to me I'm still a person who is rooted in America not because of any sentimental one day I'll be considered an American because you'll never be when you have our melanin hence I ain't American I was a transplanted African who grew up there. I can call myself that on paper. I have to call myself that on paper. But I've never been accepted as a black man, hence an African, in America, unless they can use my ass for the military, which my father always taught me, do not be foolish and go into the military. Tell everybody, and he gave me a lot of reasons why. I don't knock those who went, but I know a lot who came back, and they didn't get a fair deal when they came back, and they're learning the hard way and had to wake up. I would hear peers, I am going to defend my country. You better defend your people, defend yourself. Well, go ahead, fool. When you come back, talk to me. Let me know how it's working out, right? But Nigeria didn't have to do that because their economy is not strapped. Their economy today right now is growing. And I'll admit, if I knew that, I probably would have Nigeria set up over here. <laughs> and you have some who... For whatever reason, maybe you're struggling there and saying it's tough over there. And there's a lot of politics over there that I don't understand, so I won't talk about it. But there's so much wealth there. But I will be dealing. I'll be talking to people. I'm already talking to people on the ground and learning how it is over there. And there's a lot of propaganda put out against Nigeria. Oh, don't go over there. They got the scammers. They're going to see you American and put a knife to your head and kidnap you. And, all. and there's people over there living good. Other races. All depends how you hang. Wherever you are listening to this right now, in America, you know where the red light district is. You know where they sell the drugs. You know where a lot of crime is going on. Do you find yourself over there? No. Do you go to the ATMs that are in the rough parts of the town? No. You go where it's safe. 
you you know where not to go. And that stands for anywhere in the world. So let me get back on point. I just kind of got a little enthusiastic because you know I talk a lot. The black immigrant population, okay, that was the one before. Overall, 24% of black and African-American people have a bachelor's degree or higher as of 2017. Let me say that again. I didn't know that. Overall, 24% of black and African-American people have a bachelor's degree or higher as of 2017. So that means that this was... 2018, but I see something else that makes me think that this article is written in 2019. Here's the next one. Right? I didn't know 24% of us had that. They make it seem like we don't even have high school diplomas and we're stupid. Right? But because of the institutionalized and systemic racism, we ain't going to get jobs that even... We, we, we have to have that. A bachelor's degree and we still get in the high school dropout treatment. Not, no knock on high school dropouts. Some of us had to work and, and had situations and stuff. More power to you. More than one in five black and African-American people in the U.S. lived in poverty as of 2018. More than one in five. They didn't say two, but more than one in five. Let's just take a gamble and say, really, it's probably 1.5, but you can't split a person up. That's a huge number. You know why? Because... If you take 1.5 and multiply it by 3, you get 4.5, which is almost 5. So really what they're saying is 1 in 3. It's closer to 1 in 3. Women are heads of household in roughly 30% of black and African-American homes compared to 9% of white homes. That's a problem. That's too much. That's too much on your head. I'm going to say... I'm not knocking my sisters, but who else has to say it while they're in pain? This statement, I'm a strong black woman. I'm a strong black woman. And yes, you're the mother of all civilization. We know that. But are you saying this because you're hurting a little bit? And it hurts to have to be strong in the absence of a man. Where... That is the way it was made. A lot of modern women will not like that. Modern women meaning the ones who they say, like on the internet, it was coined on the internet, I believe. Those who have their career and make their money and they may not want a husband, they may not want kids, maybe they have children, but they're, they're modern women and they, they're not aiming at the nuclear family in traditional way, which is, is the best way. It's almost like having a tripod that you sit a camera up on but one of those legs say, I, I, I'm not here no more. And the other two saying, I'm a strong black woman. I don't need a man. How long can a tripod, which is no longer a tripod, stand?
we had a little cutout, y'all. Let me know if you can hear me. Putting on this. I may just finish it up like this and go upstairs. Let me know if you can hear me. Yeah, thank you, Master Glam. I'm back. I'm on the phone. Everything else stayed on, but it was a power glitch because of the storm. And, um, okay, thank you so much. And the sound is going to sound a lot different. I'm going to finish out the show this way. And the computer screen that I had the facts on and what I was reading, I can go on the other computer. Let me see if I have that up. But it was pretty much most of what was there. So you got to be ready for these things. Now, my other equipment that's plugged in stayed on, but the Apple computer is so sensitive that when there's a rush or a glitch or whatever, that may knock itself out. So I'm going to take this time to walk around and bring home the points that I wanted to bring home. Because really and truly, we've been here for 44 minutes. Wow. Longer than what I thought. So just let me know if any time that you don't hear me, because I'm walking around now and my sound is going to sound maybe a little echoey or whatever. But, like I was saying, we feel as though we are crazy. No, we don't feel that we're crazy. We, we reject any mental health dealings on our trauma because we don't want to be labeled as being crazy. But we don't reject the help that we get at the mechanic when it's time to fix the car when we hear that squeak or we break down. We say we're not crazy. It's not about being crazy, but we have mental breakdowns when we don't take care of our mental health. Just the same way you have physical breakdowns if you don't take care of your physical health, but that's more evident because your broken ankle is painting you a certain way. But when your mind is broken down, what do you do? Hence, and I'm not focusing on anybody else. I'm speaking about us. Hence, when you see us out there walking around, obviously with some kind of issue, obviously with some kind of issue, walking down with our pants around our knees, feces coming out our backside. Come on now, we got to talk about this. We can't be afraid to talk about this. Feces coming down our backside. You ain't trying to get dreads or locks. I got to stop calling it dreads. But you ain't combing your hair. You didn't even wash your hair. All kind of lint and dirt and, and you're stinking. You're walking barefoot, not trying to put feet on your shoes on your feet. That's obviously a sign of a severe mental breakdown. But, but when it started to happen, I'm not saying those people... And maybe some of those, I ain't crazy. I ain't crazy. So I'm going to give my opinion on what I see and what I say as far as my opinion is not fact. Please don't take it that I'm reading off of something. I am not a mental health professional. I'm not a mental health person that can give advice. But maybe you might agree to a point on what I say. And I'm not saying what I'm saying is right. I'm only saying what I observe. And I had this conversation earlier and last night. And I'm going to share a few points because I was really speaking from the heart. And I didn't know that the opinion that I had would be so impactful on the person that I was speaking to. Because that being said, I love to have intelligent conversations. Stay away. Don't bring me that gossip. Don't bring me that hearsay. 
I vehemently at this point in my life want to put that junk in my head. Okay? So if you all are into that, please get away from me. And if I know you into that, I'm going to tell you, get the F-U-C-K away from me. I'm known for that and I'm going to be continually known for that because what goes in my mind is important at this particular time because they say this thing called social media influencer. I don't feel I'm some influencer. I never elected myself to be that guy. It just evolved into this because I'm an artist who loves to coop up in the corner for hours at a time and play my music and draw. I like to sometimes write things and write articles. I like to do that. But I never said I was going to be that guy. I am an influencer, and when I step into the room, you must bow down. Because in actuality, most of you all here who I know in the chat room, you've influenced me greatly, and I've learned so much from you. So we influence each other. We use this medium to influence each other. But as far as my opinion as a non-professional in mental health is concerned, I'll tell you this. To me... In a major level, because we can have an all right life coming up from, from young and there are different uh, factors that can come into play that cause us to be stressed a bit, right? So even if you could have the perfect childhood, it doesn't mean that things can't happen later on. So what I'm saying to you now is not written in stone, but what I will say to you is that there had to be some kind of trauma in most cases of mental illness. See, the trauma experience, and again, this is my opinion. I want to hear your opinion now and later on, and more so really in the comments section after the show is over, so we can chop it up and continue to do so. And I don't mind you saying that I'm wrong, but I'm still going to explain myself thoroughly. Again, I'm not a professional. But I feel that there has to be a modicum of trauma. And that word is heavy. Like, we've all been through some kind of trauma. And I know that word is really heavy, but it can be from extremely mild to where we don't even realize we experience trauma, mostly in childhood. Let's, let's put it there. To the major, major situations that have traumatized us, right? So mild trauma, where we can say, oh, we had a pretty good childhood. Really good childhood. I love my childhood. To a person who said that they were maybe gang raped and, and repeatedly. Now, I'm, this is not any situation that I'm speaking on that anybody has shared with me. Now, mind you, Many of those in the chat room or those who may not be here have shared a lot of their personal life with me. And anytime I say something that may be similar to what you've experienced, it's not me putting your business out there because I don't do that. I refuse to do that. But I know a lot of what many of you have gone through, and I'm pretty transparent with my own sugar honey iced tea. You all know the traumas I've been to, through, too, like it's a place. <laughs> yeah, it is a place, all right. In my life, you know that I've always yearned for the relationship with my brother who's 11 years older than me, but he was always on drugs. People can say, well, he was a half-brother. That doesn't mean that he's not my brother, right? I've always yearned for that and have been taken advantage because of that milder trauma and yearning with males in my life that I felt a brotherhood to, and they sensed that. Hence, 
people you don't see around this platform anymore who prostituted that opening in me for their own benefit, right? And we all know the things that happened to me at single-digit ages with an older cousin. We, we understand that. So those things have formed a template and a, and, a, and a foundation or my perfect foundation, which we all, I feel, come into this world as a clean slate. Yeah, we have some things on our spirit that came from other times, but pretty much, you know, we're open to our environment. So I feel that we have had to have some trauma because I use the bowling ball analogy again. You can't go bowling right unless you have those three holes to stick your fingers in to grab onto the bowling ball. And that's why you use the other hand to hold it up because that bowling ball is heavy, right? But you have to, you can't just put bowl without those holes and just hold the ball as it is. You need to have a way to get in, to get a grip on you. So trauma leaves those openings there in your personal bowling ball. So it can get a hold on you. So even when it comes time, and let me try to look at this computer again, and maybe I'll switch back if it comes on, because there's something else that I wanted to read, and I can go on this other computer. Let's just see what's happening here. Boy, these, some of these computers are so sensitive. Okay, here it is. It's coming back on. Hopefully it'll say your computer didn't shut down well enough. Okay, let's see now. It's coming on. I don't want to put nothing out there or say something that's not proper when it comes to actual facts. Okay, it's taking the sweet time. Usually it comes on a little faster. Let me check this other computer because I think I pulled some things up also here too. No, I knocked the internet out completely. Okay. Okay, let's see here. It knocked everything off, y'all. Let me see what's here. Okay, okay, okay. Restore pages. There it is. It's going to pull up everything as it was. And I don't know about you, but I love the sound of the mic and everything. So I'm going to switch back so I can get to read these other things. So I'm going to mute this mic and um, go back to that other page that I want to share. Technology is amazing. This couldn't have happened years ago when we used to use dial-up. <laughs> Forget about pictures. You take all day long, cook, go cook dinner, go to the supermarket, pick something up, take a nap, come back, and the picture hasn't downloaded yet. Those are the days on the Internet that I come from. <laughs> the storm is over. Stuff is just dripping off the roof, and I think we'll be all right. So let me find these pages again because there's something that I wanted to read that I could not even convey because, you know, like playing telephone, it's... um. You change the information around. That's why gossip is so terrible, because people bend things around different. Okay. Let me come on back on in into the studio. Let me make sure everything is working proper. Okay, let me make a little change. Okay. I got a little issue over here. Let me see something. Let me see. Just give me a second to take care of this. All right. I think the connection was disconnected where it was with this other piece of equipment. Hold tight, y'all. I can still read this stuff. I just want to come back in on my uh, my really nice mic. Let's put it that way. If not, we'll just carry on 
as is because it's more in, more important to get the information out. Okay, let's check it out. Okay, it's not behaving itself. I'm not going to sit here and troubleshoot right now. I'm just going to do one more thing. Come out of it and come back in it. As long as we don't shut this bad boy down. <laughs> okay, let's see how this works. Kind of. Okay, now. Now my engine is working slow. Bear with me for 90 more seconds. I'm checking out the chat, the chat room now. Yeah, look at that. Mass shooters all had psych drugs in their system because they give it out so much of it. Okay, let's check my settings again, my audio. Let's make sure. No, no, no. For some reason, it's not, it's not connecting that way. So we, we're going to stay this way, right? Let me know if you can still hear me because I'm going to mute one aspect of this so there's no feedback. All right. Let me know if you can still hear me, fam. I haven't changed anything. I want it. I'm going to enter into the studio and see. Uh-oh, we got an echo. Okay. That can only happen one way. Keto, how are you doing? Now, why am I echoing like this? This didn't happen before. <laughs> Play the Twilight Zone music, y'all. Okay, let me see that. But the echo came back. Okay. Let's see now. I'm going to leave it like this. Dr. Tracy Bond, how are you? I'm hearing the echo. On this side. I'm going to stay here for a while. But can you hear me with the echo? If I come back this way, there's no connection that way. All right. Let me know if you can hear me at all. I'm going to type this in. As you see, I got all these. Okay, let me know if you can hear me. Okay, let me see. Okay, okay. Okay, good. I'm going to leave it like this. I'm not even going to touch the phone. 
I'm back onto my original microphone. It should sound different than the phone. The echo's gone. Good. Thank you, sweetie. So that means you can hear me. Because I got so much stuff rigged up. I'm going to leave it like this. But I will jump back on the phone if we have a glitch. Because this computer is very sensitive. Right? I'm just going to take a sip right now. I'm glad I'm back. <laughs> I can read off some things I need to read off. Taking a sip, y'all. Good to be back. Yeah, I was sounding like Doc Oz, right? Uh, uh, not Doc Oz, <laughs> the Wizard of Oz. If you see my little setup, I'm like that old dude pulling levers and got my little gadgets and stuff. People think, as a joke, before I get back into it, it's funny. And folks thought that I came to the motherland. They already understood that there's a possibility that I might come back out here to live. I didn't say anything yet. The few close to me, I did. But I had a lot of guys from out here in the motherland. Brother Lanskerb, I love what you do. I want to know if you need accountants. I want to know if you need somebody to look over your numbers. <laughs> because I know when you build a big, complex Skerb media, I'm like, listen, I'm just a dude with a desk and a couple of computers, y'all. I don't have it like that. <laughs> but that's perception is everything. So why I use that stories because when Indigo King mentioned the Wizard of Oz, when they finally discovered that he wasn't this big, powerful whatever, that he was an older guy behind some curtains pulling levers and it changed his voice and made him seem more powerful, that that's what it was. So I'm not saying or understating myself. We're all powerful, and I know that, but don't get it twisted. It's not some 40-story office building employing people. <laughs> But it's nice to know you have that impact. I'm not trying to act like that. Yes, Dr. Tracy Fine. She says, all is well. How are you? I'm aligned with your messages, all your messages. God bless you. And your broadcasting challenges are not coincidental. Keep going. I'll keep praying. Thank you so much. Thank you so much to you and to everybody. Yes, perception it is. Yes, it is. So let me continue on. And hopefully we won't have any interruptions. I'm not going to be on that much longer, but I'm glad to see everybody here. And um, it was something I wanted to read overall about schizophrenia, and there might be more that I would like to read on that. Okay, we'll, 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 we'll throw a few more things in here. Okay. Um, let me see, where was I? Let me scroll up a little bit. I don't want to get redundant here. And okay. All right, I'll read the one that I read before, just to overlap, we can get back on track. And I'll continue on my assessment, but I just want to get this in before it possibly pops out again. Histo I read this already, this one, and we'll go right to the next one. Historical adversity, which includes slavery, sharecropping, and race-based exclusion from health, educational, social, and economic resources translates into Socioeconomic disparities experienced by Black and African American people today. Socioeconomic status, in turn, is linked to mental health. People who are impoverished, homeless, incarcerated, or have substance use problems are at higher risk for poor mental health. Which means, to me, 
And don't tell me, oh, don't say the word black, we're not black, we're not. Listen. When and if they give out reparations and they have a box on it that says, before you get this money, you got to check that box that identifies you as black. All these jokers, are, man, they're going to check it 50 times with a pencil, with pen and ink, with an eyebrow pencil. They're going to make sure that box is blackened in. They may take nail polish also and dump it in there because they're going to get that money. So stop. You know what I mean? That's just verbal shorthand. What I just read again, which I read before, it's already rough growing up in the skin that we're in. In a society dominated by someone else and the systems that they have in place to be opposed against us on automatic. And then we got to turn around and deal with no money, homelessness, incarceration, substance abuse. That's going to really push us over. Right? So we, more than anybody else, should not be running away from the treatment. And that's not even to mention the dysfunctional homes where we have mentally ill people who share the same DNA and pass on the dysfunctional behavior to the children. Because I've seen and witnessed, this is me talking now, that you can trace back this dysfunctional behavior up to the grandma, the great-grandma, and it spreads out. And you're taught not to face it. So now we have these things out in the world and externally. And we got this BS within families where you have arguments at funerals and people die and they don't want to acknowledge their mama, their daddy, and they weirdos with it, man. I hate to put it down and say you weirdos, but these people are brilliant. They're smart. They're not in any stage of retardation. They can turn around to the world and give a lecture and be so convincing and sweet and nice. But people don't know what's under the surface, what's hiding below the surface. And we hold on to our dysfunctions and we hold on to the trauma that has never been dealt with. And like I say, we, I ain't crazy. Yes, you are. If you hold on to trauma and don't deal with it, excuse my French. That's like you shitting in your pants and walking around all day talking about, oh, something stink around here. Must be one of y'all. And that's what traumatized people do, in my opinion. They blame you for their trauma and the dysfunctional behavior that comes out of their trauma. So normalcy for them is something abnormal for you, but you better accept their normalcy, and that is abnormal. That's my opinion, and I got more of my opinions coming. Here's the next point. Despite progress made over the years, racism continues to have an impact on the mental health of black and African-American people. Negative stereotypes and attitudes of rejection have decreased, but continue to occur with measurable adverse consequences. Historical and contemporary instances of negative treatment have led to a mistrust of authorities. Well, why wouldn't Tuskegee experiment? And God knows who knows what else. Many of whom are not seen as having the best interests of black and African Americans in mind. Of course. Why well, let's go to the doctor, the regular doctor, a white man in a white jacket, stethoscope. We scared. 
Because we're looking at somebody who resembles a person who has not treated us right in a system that is not stacked. It's stacked against us. Right? But they don't have to worry about that. See, when you're walking around in the supermarket and you had a good meal at home, you can shop sensibly. You push your cart down, oh, I think I'll get this brand of uh, cheese, or I think I'll get this type of chicken. And No, we'll cook that in three days, but we'll get it now. And you good. You got a refrigerator, you got a home, you're full of food, you got money in your pocket, money on your debit card, money on your credit card, everything's good. You got a nice car outside to drive and bring it home to. What about that hungry kid whose mama is home turning tricks and he's hungry? And he's dirty looking. So security's gonna look at him anyway. He might be 10 or 11 years old and walking down the aisles, pushing the cart, trying to fool you that he's shopping. That he's looking at all that food. But his outlook on the food is a lot different than your outlook because your life is different. He's shopping hungry. He's shopping knowing that when he goes home, there is no food. You already got food. You're topping it off even more. So we have to understand that perceptions are different with our people. You see what I mean? So you may be in a place of mental health that is the epitome of what it should be. But these other people who are beat down with mental health issues and they have mental illnesses and they're hungry and they ain't got nowhere to sleep and they ain't got no money. But that little kid, when he sees the security guard turn around to look at the most delicious ass of that woman who has that tight skirt, and he sees them big box of chocolate chip cookies, that kid ain't thinking about, well, this is not as nutritious as this uh, TV dinner over there, which that ain't no good either. While that social, while that social security, <laughs> Close I get to 62, I start talking like that. It may not even be there. Year and a half, let's see. I'm taking it, damn it. But while that security guard is occupied with the visual delights of that feminine form, that kid go make a break for it. He snatches about three of them things. One drops to the ground and he runs out the door. Knocks the old lady down, but he's hungry. He doesn't go too far because he want to bring them, them, them chocolate chip cookies home. Because he got two or three other brothers that he don't care about. Every man for himself. Which it shouldn't be that way. But it's easier when you have a mental illness or you're mentally stressed before the illness. This is me talking now. To take on something else. To take on another trauma. You see? It's easier. Just like it's easier when your bank account goes into overdraft. It's easier when the next bill comes in to come extract out of your account, but you already in it's already overdrawn. Well now you're gonna be overdrawn now even more so and now incur for my bank it's thirty five dollars. It might be more for another bank or less. So it's easy to fall in debt. When you're in debt, it's easier to fall into a deeper abyss and bottomless pit of mental illness with something else that it can be diagnosed as when you already got one. How do I know this? 
But when I was in Orlando, I worked two different jobs. Many of you know me as the bus operator. Many of you know me as the corrections officer. But those bookends of jobs that I had, one on the outside dealing with lots of people in the community, and one on the inside dealing with lots of community people in the community, usually there was a huge overlap. That those I knew in the jail, they had to ride the bus when they came out. Hey, Skirm, I know I ain't see you, man. Remember back three years ago, man, when I was locked up in that particular part of the jail, man, and we were kicking it, man, man, you, man, I love you, man. I hear you got some shit going on online, man. Tell me where it is. Say, man, I remember you. I forgot your nickname, but hey, man, you know I'm Ambrose, man. Man, you, you forgot about me. I said, man, I never forget faces. You got to understand. I know so many people, man. I think, I think my gigabytes need to be, <laughs> I need a terabyte, even though my head is big. And you kick it with them for a while. And they went upstate. You know, they did their year in a case, and they did two or three years. They came back. But I got to know these people on a personal level. And that was part of my training in life. Yes, you have to go through to get the certificate for whatever area of expertise that you need to be in. You need to get that certificate to work in their system. I understand that. But all of us who are here, whether you have a certificate or a degree or you're lettered in some way, you have hands-on experience in life. I can't tell anyone here in this chat room who is an American African or black or whatever you want to call yourself, Caribbean American, whatever, melanated, the original people of the planet. I can't tell you anything about your experience. Now, yes, I probably could talk to you a little better and tell you, but I can't tell you what you've been through. You know what you've been through. And that's why we can have these conversations without having to go to the checklist. Well, for you to understand what Lance Gerb is saying, you have to understand. No, because I know we've been through the same similar situations. You see? So we can talk like that on site. Although in America, we can have or hold on to different divisions, different borders and boundaries and differences. You know how we do. Uh, I'm lighter than you and you're darker. I'm from the north and you're from the south. I have a college degree and you don't. I'm making six figures and you barely scrapping by with McDonald's money. Ha, 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 ha. I have a mansion and you're living in a homeless shelter. I'm in shape and you're overweight and you're morbidly obese. See, we hold on to those things. And why? When we should see each other. We may not be monolithic, but we've got to see the common denominator between ourselves to defeat this system. Because if we're easily detachable, we ain't going to hold up nothing. Now, most ladders that I know came intact, right? They came in one piece. You have a ladder to climb up to get something higher. It could be a stool, a little step ladder, or a big ladder, or something that goes at the side of a building. But if we had to put those things together, some way, somehow, someone is not going to put it in right. And you're going to step on that ladder, and it's going to collapse. But that's how we are as black people in America and all over the world. We're detached. We look whole, but we're detached. So you say we're not? Put a little stress on all of us, and we start to fall apart. Well, I'm not going to deal with those Negroes. I'm part of the boule. I'm a mason, so I don't have to deal with them. I will go to the hoods and talk with them. 
keep them as friendly, maybe give out a few turkeys. See what I mean? Well, we don't have to deal with that part of town because we live near the white people. So we don't, and they don't want you either, right? We don't have to deal with going down there. We're detachable. We need to know that we are set up while not being monolithic, but we're set up to operate as one. And any differences that we have, we'll settle them out later on at another time away from the ears of the beast. Why can't we do that? Why can't we do that? You see what I mean? Why can't we do that? Miss Tina Station, how are you? Fair use and Gina G. Anybody I missed? My screen is covered now. I'm reading off of this and my phone is next to me. Just in case. Just in case. So, so I take it. Let me just check it in. I ain't going to go messing up with the sound now. Just making sure. Okay, that is me. I'm, I'm not touching it. I see where everything is right. <laughs> I ain't messing around with nothing. All right? Everyday King. Yes. Glad you're here. Landon Price, brother. Landon Price. Always here. I thank you all, Gina G. Fair use. But again, media, and like we spoke about the propaganda, how our minds are manipulated, how we're divided up. Imagine if we had social media in the civil rights movement. Now, I'm not saying that I would view the civil rights movement the way that many people did. I'm more of the Malcolm X school of thought. Somebody said it, was it him? Getting knocked over the head and begging white folks for the ability, ability to go and share a toilet next to them, right? <laughs> I'm not going down that road, but all I'm saying is that imagine we had social media back at that time. Imagine. And they use that as a tool to take the men's attention off what must be done as men, and now we're titillated. It's easy to become that way. We're men that are also males, but we're men. And our men who would get chipped away by these distractions. Imagine they divided us up into different factions that they're so successfully in doing now. And it's not just social media, it's everything else, but social media was a Trojan horse into our subconscious mind. It was so nice to not have to buy a phone card to call someone in another country if we had people in the Caribbean or the motherland. It was so nice. Right? Now we got WhatsApp. The FBI and everybody getting information now. We don't care. <laughs> but we're more disconnected and more detached than we've ever been with all of these means of communication. Isn't that something? You can, you can even send a message to a family member three o'clock in the morning and know that whenever they wake up, they're going to get it, or if they, you get an answer, like, oh, damn, they answer me back. They're up. Now that you're up, let's call each other. It has changed the whole social dynamic of how we operate and how we see each other. A phone call three in the morning don't bother you now. It might annoy you, but it doesn't startle you. And I remember with that big, black, heavy, black phone that you can take the handset, it was corded now, and knock somebody out. 
Matter of fact, I knew of an old granny who did that to some little kid that came in to break into their house. Took the handset and knocked the kid down. Not out of the way, but the kid was groggy and she kicked him. The whole phone was heavy like a bowling ball. You take your smartphone now and try to hit somebody in the head with it. You don't have no phone. But when that phone rung 3 o'clock in the morning back in those days that I know growing up, that big one phone, because lots of times you didn't have extensions. You had to get the phone company to do that because you couldn't go through, I don't know if Radio Shack is still around, I know they were closing up stores, or any place where you, you can get an extension and just run it. You couldn't do that then. I'm going to have to ask the phone company to run an extension into the bedroom because we have a special needs family member, whatever it may be. And you felt big, big willy. I got an extension in there. I don't have to get up and come to the living room. How do people know about that? Oh, okay, I have an echo. Okay, I'm busy running my mouth. I don't even know. I don't even touch anything. Okay, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. No sound. Let's try it out. This might bring an echo. Yo. Okay. I hope this doesn't bring an echo. Let me just check something out. Let me know if you can even hear that about. Okay, let me see. All right. Can you hear me now clearly? Everything was going good for a while. I didn't touch anything, so let's see. I might just go back to the phone and finish. Okay, let me know if you can hear me now. This is weird. There's some weird things going on here. Let me just type it in here. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Okay. Okay, I'm fine now? Okay. Because I really didn't want to go through the phone. I wanted to go through my equipment, which seems to be working okay. Okay. All right. So I'm good now? Let me know. Thank you, sweet D. Miss Tifasation, how are you hearing it? Let me know. Because from this side, everything is on the up and up. Okay, thank you, thank you. I'll, I'll roll with that. I'll keep talking. Let me just put it in here. Is everything okay sound-wise? Maybe. Okay, Landon, we good to roll? Good, good. All right, so I don't sound distant now, do I? Because I don't know. I got all kind of mics around me. I don't know which is which. I'll figure that out later on. I could have knocked the wire out or whatever. Okay. But like I was saying, we're not monolithic, but we have to move as one as we have a common enemy and a common system that's going against us. And in us, move, moving, detached, this is, this is my feeling, is that it's stressing us. It's like when you take a tooth out of your head, well, the other teeth have to bear the brunt of what that tooth was going to do. You see? So the more and more we take it upon ourselves to act as though we're not part of a bigger whole, then we have to deal with more ourselves, which breaks us down in this hostile living environment called America. You understand? Let me get back to reading these points. I'm going to check back and see if there's any problems because I have the chat room on my phone I can see. Okay. Maybe this might all be redundant, but let me just go through some of these things fast and give my opinion. I really do have to skedaddle. Time to put some nourishment in me. The storm has gone down to a Okay, let me see. Is this even important? 
it's all important, but I just want to deal with. Okay, they have an area here called access to insurance. We know we don't have as much of that. They have other links there. Treatment issues, attitudes, prevalence. Um, I think this is important. Okay. Prevalence. Black and African-American people living below poverty are twice as likely to report serious psychological distress than those living two times the poverty level, living over two times the poverty level. So those, the more poor you are, the more distressed you are financially and don't have access, usually because your money dictates where you live. This is what people fail to see. You know, people say, well, you can move over. No, if it costs $2,500 for a one-bedroom, and you, all you can muster up is $1,200, well, you're going to live somewhere. Bedroom, shoot, you're going to get a studio. You might bunk up with other people. You're going to be in a different, and you're not going to be in a favorable place. Adult blacks and African-Americans are more likely to have feelings of sadness, hopelessness, and worthlessness than adult whites. Adult blacks and African Americans are more likely to have feelings. It's weird living up here in the mountains. Let me know again if you can hear me. The, the computer went out in the middle of me reading mid-sentence. But I'll put those links up and I'll put them all up, full article on landscare.com, and I'll drop the link here in the description area below. Just let me know if you can hear me. Um, this is really strange. This is real, real strange what's going on today. Let me make sure that everything is working all right with the sound. This is going to be, man, the minute I get going. This reminds me, I used to sneak over to that girl's house when I was younger. Father, wake up and go to the kitchen. Oh, we got to stop. <laughs> let me know how the sound is, y'all. Because I feel that, um, let me know. Let me know. I'll give you a few seconds to type it in again. This is the final. I'm not changing nothing now, but I'm on my phone. The mic is opened, and everything seems to be okay. So, again, yeah, it was getting good. <laughs> you talking about my story with the, with the father waking up? <laughs> okay, it's good. We're going to stick with the phone. It doesn't sound like my audio equipment, but for some reason, it's like the power and, and, and the power that comes into the house kind of dipped down a little weaker, and that's why that went out. But nothing else went out. That tells me a lot. So we're going to roll like that. Let me just visually look at something here. And let me go and recorrect something here while I'm here. Let me just do something here. Overall with the power here. Okay, that's not here. That's downstairs. I got to do that. All right. It's nothing near to touch. I think it's the whole area because it's certain, even though it's still only 341 <clears throat> across the other side of the mountain, there's some lights that I can still see. So I think this is the whole area. So it's not just here. That's cool. At least I know what it is, and I have enough power blocked up to do my work and my stuff on my laptop. Let me just cut my laptop off so I can maintain that battery, even though I have a backup battery for that. Just bear with me. I'm going to cut this whole thing off. Let's cut it all off and save it. At least we got this far into it, so that's cool. 
It's shutting down. We'll save that because I have a lot of work to do on the computer today. <clears throat> so let me go back into my opinion of what I was saying when I feel that you have to have some measure of trauma in your life earlier on, usually childhood, from extreme to mild. It could be being teased in school because maybe when you were younger, you had a little baby fat on you or something. Maybe you were skinny. Maybe you didn't have muscles and you were a man. Maybe you were tall and skinny. Maybe you had a deep voice made funny. Maybe you grew hair on your face earlier as a young man. Maybe you grew hair on your face as a woman. We don't know. Women have hair on their face, right? No shame in that. But let me just check my internet module power. Okay, that's full. I have enough. I can plug that into the power of my other battery. I'm always battery conscious, yo, because of stuff like this, but I've always been that way. But yes, like I said before, the trauma that we had to go through that we still we still have to deal with as adults. You see, we 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 see each other as adults, right? We see a grown person walking down the street and it's like, okay. You know, Ivan, how are you? Definitely. The Matrix. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Sweet D. Reese. Nothing's going to stop this one now. <laughs> Unless I break my microphone, right? But there's some amount of, and this is my opinion, and I'm not a professional. I said it earlier. I'm saying it again. I'm not telling you this is what it is. Don't follow this advice. This is just my viewpoint. Maybe it's good. Maybe parts of it are good. Maybe parts of it you disagree with. It's okay. But I, there has to be some kind of trauma that we walk with, even as adults. And you don't have to say it in the chat room. But let's just say that there were things that were bothering you when you were a child. Maybe not as a child. Maybe as when coming into adolescence or teenage years. And you were made fun of with this thing. Right? Maybe your voice was high-pitched as a man. You know, the whole, whole Mike Tyson syndrome. You made fun of my voice. I'm going to have to deal with you later on because I'm not going to take this. This is going to drive me to be the heavyweight champ of the world. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but as we get older, these things sometimes still bother us. We hide it better. We know it doesn't matter, really. But it's like a, a wound when you bumped your leg into the coffee table. And it broke the skin, and there was a little blood that happened there. But you didn't realize that because you were on your way to the bed, and you woke up, and there was a scab there. Well, scabbed up, you're not really going to put a Band-Aid on it because it's covered up now. But you bump it again next week. It's basically healing up really good, but it's still tender. So these hang-ups that we have from, I'm not going to say hang-ups like it's something bad. But these little sore points in our personality and in our basic makeup are still there. We may have had a parent who was a pack rat and it was embarrassing to us when we had friends come over who had a household that wasn't packed up. So now we've become adults and we don't want any one thing extra that don't belong there. So we've become the anti-pack rat in reaction to how we were raised up. That's how that works, in my opinion. So the biggest hang-ups that we have when we get older stem from experiences young 
that we couldn't probably change because we didn't have the power to do so because we were living up under somebody else's roof. I'm freestyling this one. So it had to be trauma for you to be what they label schizophrenic. Right? And schizophrenia doesn't mean that it's things that you're imagining. It could also mean the symptoms of them, from what I've learned, of the things you don't do. It may be more that than the other. As soon as you hear schizophrenia, you're like, oh, that person hearing voices. Oh, that person's talking to somebody that ain't there. Oh, they may appear to have multiple personalities. But what about in schizophrenia, from what I've learned, I don't know all the points because I'm studying, of you not being able to make basic decisions? That could be a symptom of schizophrenia. Of you having a problem completing basic tasks. Person's brilliant, but they, they work area is junky. That might be me sometime, but I don't think I'm schizophrenic. I have all kind of gadgets that are around me, and I'm working, and by the end of the day, my desk is cluttered. Sometimes I go to bed like that, come back, it's cluttered, and it's much. Right now, you don't want to see a picture of my desk. But I know where everything is, so I don't think I'm nuts. <laughs> Not that schizophrenic people are nuts, right? So when we have these other things, now this is the important thing I wanted to say. Can you be schizophrenic and not have had any trauma in your life before or something that you're holding in? That's the question that I'm asking. I don't know. Could you have what is seemingly a per perfect life? And there's no perfect life, y'all. But I'm not saying this as an observer to somebody who's covering up and making it seem like it's a perfect life. But really where from the inside you said, I ain't going to say it's perfect. But I had a really good childhood. Like a person who says that, that they don't feel there's anything that was traumatic to them to have a ripple effect into their, to their adulthood, right? So I feel there had to be some kind of something that really bothered you. It doesn't mean you were raped repeatedly. It doesn't mean that, you know, it may be something with your parents or your sister, your brother, that you said to yourself, when I get older, I ain't going to deal with this no more. Or maybe you repressed it and it still affects you in a way that's so obvious. But you don't realize it. But the people around you do. And they start speculating. Well, the way she, she, she must be trying to get away from something in her head because she just clean all day. Wiping and cleaning and sweeping and wiping and cleaning and sweeping. But she ain't working on her relationship with her husband. You see what I mean? Like, that person who's reacting to the thing may not even know what it is, but they're trying to get it away. Look, we all know that movie where, or that crime show, and I bring up the rape word. No, I'm, I'm not trying to traumatize anybody because I know a lot of us, you know, have been in that situation. But for those who have, especially those I've talked to, they tell me about that never-ending shower that they took, or bath, but usually it's a shower because the bath you're immersed, the shower you scrubbing, there's water hitting you and you scrubbing it, you're going down the drain. Or even a date or a union with, and I'm talking to the sisters now, where he didn't rough you up, it was consensual, but you realize in the middle of it, like, oh, I am not feeling this. 
Let him finish and let me get on up out of here. It, it was consensual. You gave permission. So, you know, you may, okay, I'm not into it halfway through. It was my mistake in judgment. And you're trying to get up out of there. His breath stank, stunk, underarm stunk. You start talking about his head, some crazy stuff. One of the weird act performed or said something to turn you. You want to get out of there. Like, this is not good. So you go home and when you shower, you shower more. So we have people that clean and clean more or they dress up nicer because that's how they work out getting away from, and this is my opinion now, getting away from that trauma that still sticks with them that they think the world can see. Many of us have understood what it's like to not have money for a time. Hence, we call this thing being broke. A lot of us have experienced being broke. And when we walk into the store, we might have a couple of dollars on us or whatever your currency is that you use in your particular country. We might have a little bit of money, but we broke and we know it. We ain't getting that check until next Friday, <laughs> but it's Thursday. Of the week before, we get paid every other week. So we got a whole damn near week before we got money, but we have to get enough money, have to get enough food to survive. When you walk into that store and you don't have any money, you feel chastised. Everybody got two and three shopping bags of food, uh, shopping carts of food. Ha, 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 ha. We're going to dump some of this food off to our friend. Living in abundance. And when you broke, it's like everybody else have more than what you have. And when you walk into that store... You feel as though somebody took a magic mark across your head and said, broke. You think everybody knows it. See? So when you have these traumas that you haven't gotten over, you're sensitive to it because you feel as though what you know so well about yourself and what, so, what you're in denial about, you think everybody else knows it. And so we cover that part up. That if we had that parent that was the pack rat, and now we're going to make sure that we don't pack anything extra into our homes. But there's a can of soda over there, over there by the coffee table of a guest that came last night. We quickly snatch it up because we think that, oh, hell no, we ain't going to be no pack rat up in this house. So in chemistry, when you have vials of clear liquid, in a science test, just like back in science class, I can remember his name was Mr. Ben Fonte, our science teacher in, in, in a junior high school, which they call in the South Middle School. If you want to test what's in those vials, you have to add another chemical to it and, and see the reaction. So you can automatically tell about many people, not as easy, but how they react to certain things. So this is when people are trying to get at you, destroy you, or put you down. They're evil. They'll say things at you to get a rise out of you and test your reaction. This is something that I know. I don't have any degrees, y'all. But I've always been one who studied human nature. And it's gotten so good now, I'm not going to say I'm never, never wrong or never right or always right. But I think I got a pretty good rhythm because I've been practicing this dance the night before the party for a long time. So if I look good on the dance floor, it's because I've been in this thing for a while. Got me? But 
that's how we have observers around us, people on the job. They might act friendly, but they're watching you. Your next-door neighbors, they, they, they weirdos or whatever. They say hi or you don't talk to, but they're watching you. See, so this is why in your moving about on the earth, on your job, in your neighborhood, shopping, the people you deal with on a regular basis, you cannot give them a reaction because people could be testing you to know how to move in on you better. Ladies, y'all know men out in the street, men on the job, men in church, men in your neighborhood, they'll say something to you to see your reaction, to know how to advance. Hey, how are you? I'm your neighbor. My name is so-and-so. My name is Lance. You know, I noticed, you know, that you brought in all these flowers. Seem to like flowers. What are you going to say? Yes or no? What are you going to say? Mind your business. You don't know. You know, you try to be a little cordial. He's going to keep watching to see. Then when you get extra flowers now, he's making a move on you. It may not be. He might be some homosexual dude who likes flowers and just cooking you up. He ain't even interested in you that way. But you know how people come at you. And so while we have to deal with all of these different issues with mental health, we got people coming at us that we sometimes we don't want to be bothered. You might be a woman coming out of work dressed nicely. Some dude trying to come at you. It might be a dude who may appear to be somebody you might be interested in. And that's just looks alone. We don't know what's on the inside. You might have diarrhea or your period might be starting. You don't want to talk to this dude like, no, nah, not now, no. But because you look good to him, he thinks that, oh yeah, you're approachable. So we don't know the traumas. We don't know what people go or have on the inside. We don't know. We don't know. And we hide them good. So with the trauma and the wear down of life in general, of just surviving, going to work, balancing the checkbook, dealing with health issues, dealing with family members, dealing with dysfunctions with your friends and family that you have to deal with, your own dysfunctions, that may make you appear to be an oddball to the rest of the world. I'm sorry to say it that way, but that's what it is. I know I'm an oddball to a lot of people. That joker don't never come outside, man. He come out at night. He just stay in there, but he be talking on them shows but in the street. He be looking mean. <laughs> I know, I know what it is. I'm comfortable with my weirdness, and I embrace it. My weirdness has helped protect me through all kinds of dysfunctional situations, to be honest. Embrace your weirdness because it's not weird. It may be the very scab that protects you from getting wounded again in your healing. Understand that. But with mental illness, schizophrenia, all these different things, they want to treat these things after they ask you the dynamics of your life and different things that you've been through. Here they come. Where are we going to prescribe you with this pill? Or these, this medication. How the hell are you going to deal with an issue on a mental level with a pill? This may alter you physically to hide the symptoms, but the thing, this is my opinion, but the thing that's egging you on and messing you up mentally, it's not doing the, the original thing. 
The original thing is still there. You're just medicated now in La La Land. I never understood that. Part of the therapy is to get the person to talk and deal with their emotions and untangle, I don't want to say mess, because that's going to make somebody feel bad who's going through stuff. But the thing is, you know, we have to deal with this stuff. We have to face it. Many people, they have these ways of dealing with their issues. They want to push it on other people. We don't want to hear that. We want to untangle this knot. The worst thing, you know, I wear a lot of shorts, you know, athletic shorts around the house and running to the store. You've seen me in videos with them shorts on. I like it. <laughs> don't let me say something nasty. Let your balls hang free. <laughs> the air just feels so good as they sway to and fro. This is an adult show, y'all. A little humor here and there. But there's been times when I've been in a shopping mall or somewhere where I had to answer a call to nature. And with those shorts, you can just lift up a leg and pull it to the side. You're straight when you're doing one thing. But when you have to do the other, you better loosen that knot that holds the shorts up. And oftentimes, you go in to loosen up the knot, and you do something to tighten it up even more, entangle it up even more. But you have an urgent situation coming now because Mr. Number Two ain't waiting. So what do you do? You better get that thing untangled or you have a mess. Unless you rip it apart. Now you got to walk around holding up your shorts like you're wearing sagging pants. So this is, to me, where we, there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you when you have mental illness issues or mental health issues. There's nothing wrong with you. We just have to understand that there are certain factions certain components in our life that became tangled that we push through chasing after the facade of normalcy while something was wrong and tapping us on the shoulder to let us know that there's something going on. You're driving the car and you got the check engine light coming on and you're like, I ain't got no money for that. It's still running. I'm going to keep on going. And six months later, you're still doing it. You find yourself on the side of the road because you didn't check out that little thing that all of a sudden now became big and the power went off in the mountainside and it's back on. I'm going to stay right here. <laughs> I ain't going nowhere. I'm on the phone. I'm a wireless mic and I'm good. Right? But there's that stigma which makes people, especially black people, at the hint of getting help. I ain't crazy. Ain't nothing wrong with me. Look, 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 look. You go get your car fixed by the mechanic. You go to the doctor physically when something happens to you. But let me also say, right, that there's that spiritual element of healing from a mental illness or malfunction. Let's just say malfunction. 
Because ill sounds like we, we equate that with the physical. Oh, you ill. You losing weight, man. You may not make it for another year. I mean, we, we, we don't want to hear that. Let's just say we're okay, but there's a slight malfunction because of the stress that I had to deal with in this life. We go through, yes, sweetie, let the balls breathe. My sister, you understand. You understand. Let it all hang and just dangle and be free and all pulled up. And you No, know, we don't want that. <laughs> You're just as crazy as I am. I love you, though. <laughs> but here, we never address the spiritual element. Because no matter where it is where we have the malfunction, and again, this is my opinion, whether it's physical, mental, or spiritual, if it's a physical illness or physical injury, it's not just physical. With Western medicine, I've said this many times before, we only address the one thing. It's not like that. If it's a physical injury, there's a mental and spiritual element to that injury which may not be as obvious and may not be as dominant. Let's play around with some numbers so maybe a person can understand. If the injury physically is 60%, but it looks like that's the only thing going on with us, right? But it's not. And maybe there's no way of gauging. But out of 100%, if the physical injury is 60%, then that means the other two components, you mean it's 100%. So possibly... It's 20% spiritual and 20% mental. But it's not always going to be where the remainder is divvied out evenly. It might be 60% physical, 35% mental, and 5% spiritual. You may call me crazy. I'm just thinking out loud and giving you my, what I have to call, opinion. But to me, those are my facts. Your opinion is your facts until somebody can prove it otherwise. Correct? But we have to be politically correct and say, oh, this is, this is my opinion. Because there's more to us than just the physical. And Western medicine only deals with the physical. So when they give you all these damn pills to take to kill the symptoms and not the original cause that's ailing you, right? They are hiding the original cause by killing off the symptoms. What about the mental and spiritual aspects of that malfunction slash illness? We ignore those because there's no pill for the spiritual. There may be a pill for the mental to keep you from feeling down, so chemically they'll alter you, giving you something synthetic that may resemble a dopamine hit, which is what we get when we get online, and somebody responds positively to what we put out there as far as a comment or video, and we keep getting these dopamine hits. So the smartphone, which helps us to walk around and get on the Internet, is no different than a damn crack pipe. And a lot of us are smoking all day long. Smoking all day long. 
We get on and put out our false persona to the world so we can get a dopamine hit on that false persona. And in the middle of the night, you know them people don't give a damn about you because you ain't even being, being your authentic self. I'm right here in my house. Mr. Skurve hears me. If I was a liar, she'd be, look, a lot of my friends are here, but they're not in the chat room. They're watching. They would tap me on the shoulder through an email or, or a text message and say, Lance, why are you lying about that? You know it didn't go like that back in 1985 or 82 or whatever. I'm very transparent. I tell everything, meaning that all of the decadence that I involve myself in that would be overkill and why I'll be glorifying that, which means I, I haven't grown away from those things. But if you saw Skur back in... 85, 86, 87. Oh, my God. Like I said, I'm glad to have a clean bloodstream. <sighs> so that means I was protected to have a purpose in my life. But if I linger in that or go back to that, I won't be so protected. So I understand. Sometimes when you're used to eating apple pie and you loved it so much and you know you can't eat it because maybe you're diabetic. I'm not saying I'm bad. I'm just saying that <laughs> you still, years after, might catch a whiff of, mm, that pie was good, but I can't bite into that no more. It's going gonna, it's gonna to put me on a slippery slope. Personally, me, yes, offers are made. Emails are sent. Pictures are sent. Well, if you ever out in Mississippi, baby, ain't nobody got to know. You can come get some of this. Oh, my God. <laughs> so it's never going to end. Not to say you can't get over certain things, but these struggles are not something that you take a pill and is done with. That person who you are with, who you have a soul tie with, you just can't say we're broke up and that's it. Because in the midnight hour, you're going to remember their embrace, even though they were abusive to you. This is not some overnight thing that we've been trained to expecting this society in the so-called modern day, which is just as jacked up, worse with all the pretty technologies we have and advances, we're more messed up. We were better off before we had these things. You see? We got to think long term. And before we indulge in certain things that are so sugary and spicy and salty, stimulating, we got to understand the imbalance that it's throwing us into. The expectations now. We think we can just zip, zip, and it's a neat little package and throw it away. We lay down with many and wonder why we have so many soul ties. We're tripping over. We experience all different types of emotions all day long because we're still connected to the people that are feeling that. The person that you laid down with for a couple of weeks on a booty call or friends with benefits situation. Y'all don't talk no more. Just stop and just end it. You wonder, like, damn, it was good what we were doing in the middle of the night, but what happened? So, man, well, I ain't going to say nothing. Oh, okay. I saw in the supermarket, waved at me, kept going. It's all right. But she feels depressed. She had underlying issues that you didn't know about. And you as a man walk around, I don't know why I'm depressed. It's because you connected. Say you man and wife in the same bed, same bills paying, same house, whatever, and your woman's depressed, well, you're going to feel a little pull on you because, baby, what's wrong? What's wrong? Why are you feeling depressed? It pulls you down, but it's not a pull down. You want to give her a boost, so you give of yourself to help bring her up as she should do for you. 
But we skip the meal of commitment and responsibility. We go right to the, that part of the dessert, the sweetest part. Damn, baby, you look good in them jeans. I can imagine them things not being all you being bent over in front of me. Yeah, now you got a soul tie. You got to deal with it. So the other 19 chicks that you bedded down over the last year, you connected to them too. Don't even know their name no more. The same goes for the ladies. Ain't no quick touch and go thing. But we think it's that way because of this era that we live in. It's easier to get entangled that Jada Pinkett Smith word, entangled, entangled. Remember the game, what was it, um, footsie? Footsie was it? What was the thing where you ha had to put your hand or your foot on a different colored square on this plastic layout and you all tangled up? Not footsie, was it footsie? We better off when we had games back then that way. We engaged checkers and trouble and, and, and challenge Yahtzee and 21 and card games and we would laugh around the table and talk and laugh and take a break. Okay, let's hold again. They got to go to the bathroom. They're going to get something to eat or whatever. We were social with each other. There's going to be more mental health issues because we never stop yearning for the companionship. We never stop yearning for being connected. But now we're scared because of our wounds and the mental health issues, the spiritual issues that are not dealt with. We could be spiritually damaged. We could be spiritually sick. We can have a little mental illness sprinkled in with that. It's frightening when you think about it. The combinations of damage that we walk with while still projecting an air of normalcy to the world and we are a hot mess behind closed doors. We are a hot mess in the middle of the night. We are a hot mess when we really take uh, stock of what we have on the inside. That's that's the part that scares me. That we twister. Well, I said footsie. <laughs> yeah, twister. Y'all got me on that one. And I remember. I remember that. And y'all just told on yourself because ain't none of y'all twenty years old. And I'm just playing with y'all. <laughs> yes. Yes. We were better off, but now it's the quick fix thing. You meet somebody, you got the app, you got the hookup, and don't know what danger you're putting yourself in. So there's a there's a bit of accountability that we have to have. <laughs> Not even just a built, a bit, a whole lot. And I say it again. Whenever we got the devil in our life, it's because he went to the door, opened the door with a smile, and let him right on in and invited him on in. And wonder why you got so much hell in your life. Is it a wonder? But there is to me a spiritual aspect of the many categories of mental illness. I'll say mental malfunction to be nicer. Because even then when we understand these things, the first thing out of our mind, I ain't crazy. No, you're not. But if you keep ignoring it, you will be. That's what I say. You keep on ignoring it. You're not crazy. There's nothing wrong with you. There's a malfunction here that needs to be dealt with on three levels of the physical, mental, and spiritual. Because look, when you have mental issues, it may not be when you walk around all kind of ways, but after a while, you're gonna, it's going to end up being a physical thing. Maybe a malfunction, an illness physically, 
or where we can see that something's wrong with you. All right? There was a lady who used to ride the A train. You all know I went to the high school of art and design back in the late 70s. And it was fun riding that A train because every kind of kook, I'll say it that way. I'm not putting nobody down. I'm just being funny. But we saw a lot of mental illness that was in New York City. And you know, New York City is, <laughs> you don't have to wait too long before you see something that's a little off. You want to see some entertainment? I'm not putting anybody down or using them as entertainment. I'm just being a podcast host and being entertaining. But you know, I have love for everybody. If you want to see something off, you ride the New York City subway station. When you're on a packed car, now see all the doors between the cars don't open and some do, that you can walk while the car is in motion, even though they discourage, they discourage it while the train is in motion, to walk to the next car. Sometimes that one door is open, you go to the next car, and it won't open. But in a perfect world, you can leave from one and go to the other. And as you're leaving from one that's crowded, you don't even know really the state that that next car is in, but you look and you say, wait a second. See, you get street smarts after a while. Why is that next car of this train empty and the car that I'm on crowded? Is it that the doors don't open and let people in? No. You see people way on the other end of the car, maybe two or three of them. That's strange. This is the rush hour, and that car is empty except for the two or three people way down on the other end. Now, I'm a New Yorker, y'all. Certified, bonded, licensed. <laughs> Put my time in. And so I tell you, you go to open that door from the car that you're in, and you try to open up that next subway car door, and it opens. All of a sudden, right there, by the door, by the seat, you didn't see it from the other car, is someone who is homeless, who has mental health issues, and ain't washed in a month. And they've been going to the bathroom on themselves. And as soon as you inhale before you realize that you're in there with this person, hence the reason why there's two or three people way on the end. But usually the whole car stinks. Let's just say it that way. The whole subway car stinks. So when you come on, it's funny. People want to go there. You know when you inhale and you smell something musty and you just exhale, you might even blow some matter out of your nose and have to wipe it off. It's almost like those nine dogs in the neighborhood around the one female dog that's in heat. So they can't figure it out, the new dogs that came around, and then you got that one dog humping on the female, and they're all hanging around waiting for the turn. And so in their air of horniness, you'll have that one male dog, the dog ain't a homo, but he want to get in on the action, so must be more females around than what I can see. So he'll push his nose up under the tail of the next male dog and realize it's a male. And so... <laughs> He exhales and gets the hell out of it and wastes his turn. But you realize that this person is homeless. Okay. It's obvious, obviously a mental health issue. But was it that the world broke them from pressures that they weren't equipped or didn't have the uh, support of family 
Because families are treacherous. Families will hold grudges against you. Families will ignore you. Families will, some family members will hate you. Some of your biggest haters can be your own brother or sister, cousin, parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles. Maybe you exposed a family secret thinking you were going to get help with why that uncle puts his hands on you the wrong way. But nobody acknowledged it. So now you're looked at as a troublemaker. You looked at somebody who is going to upset the order because we're getting along just fine. We know how he is, but don't mess it up and put that out there. How dare you? Now you're the enemy. Ain't that something? So now you get older. And they still talk to you somewhat to family gatherings, but they, you know there's a coldness there. But now you have a real issue in your life. It may be where you broke up with the person you're with and they tossed you out or you needed money because you had this physical thing that you had to have, you know, something set off the chain reaction of you needing a real family now. And now you have a real need and you present it to them with your fingers crossed because you know they ain't digging you too tough, but they're your family. Who else are you supposed to go to? And they quickly let you know and bring up everything else and act like they're going to help you. Well, I got a bone to pick with you because about 25 years ago, you said this and you sitting around like, oh, God, they're going to rehash all of this stuff. I just need their help. Is there any bit of love inside of these people who share the same DNA with me? And you realize that your attempt to get help from them, whether it's financial or a place to stay for a few months until you get on your feet. They used it to beat you down because they had this venom inside of you for the longest time. And just like they said in that article, if you're homeless, have drug issues, right? Physical issues, not making no money, those are stresses. You up at night trying to figure out, you, you got two weeks to pay your rent, but you don't have the money. You up at night, you stress, and everybody else is like, la, 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 la. Everything's good. How are you? And most of us, I'm okay. No, it's not. You're not okay. You're stressing over that rent. You're stressing over that place to live. You should have a support system. And we all sitting up with our righteous asses in church, praising some, praising some white Jesus. You all are sick, those of you all who do that. Go up in church and give all your money and won't give a dime to your family member who needs help, who may not agree with you on everything. Nobody here on this platform agrees with me on everything. Maybe you don't, don't agree and hold it to yourself if you're saying, I'm cool with that. Maybe I don't agree with everything that everybody says that's here. Y'all know I've done shows where I've had guests come on that you know. I know Lance don't agree with that. But we have to know how people think. We have to know how they got to, to where they are, to where they are now. And even if it's an enemy. I had a show where, what was his name? Oh, God. He called himself Coven. Eric Shepard. I think it was back in 2016, 2015. God, well, I've been doing this for a long time. And I had some responses because he was the next Malcolm X the way we saw it. And um, brilliant young man. 
But I think he was scared away by the powers that be because he had massive influence all over TV, all over. I mean, Sean Hannity and uh, Bill O'Reilly and all of them. I'll, I'll find the link and drop it. And you could understand why it went there. But he reached out to, to me and he had the FBI, he had the police, all kind of law enforcement, uh, drug, alcohol, uh, or ATF, uh, alcohol, uh, whatever, 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 firearms, tobacco and firearms. And he had to hide. You called me like, well, skirt, man. I know you do me an interview, right? So I got you, man. But anyway... After that, oh, man, half of the clan was in the comment section because they'll voice their feelings first. But the corporate white folks who work with you, <laughs> they'll bring you flowers on your birthday, but they're making sure you ain't going to get no raise. You're going to get that change of position. <laughs> you're a great worker. Let's go for lunch. Want to know what you're doing, what you're going through so they can use it against you. People could be so devious. But I had so many comments, and I challenged all of them. I said, you all are talking this smack like keyboard warriors. Let me see one of y'all got the balls to come on my show and speak your mind, and I'll let you talk. Man, so many black people came against me. They didn't understand what I do and how I do. Me, you got to know how your enemy thinks. You got to know how the opposition thinks. Because in boxing, every time somebody throws a punch at you, they are open to a counterattack. If you throw out a jab to an opponent and you're throwing out a left jab, well, your whole left side is open to receive a body shot. Or you can come over the jab with a right hand and catch him with a right cross. But you better be quick in your execution of this. So when you know the rhythm of your opponent, you can plan on a counterattack, or a way to defend yourself because you know how they think. And folks didn't understand that I let this man talk. I said, you ain't using no N-words up in here, and you ain't putting people down. You can let people know how you feel in ways, you know, that, you, that, that are articulate, right? I'm not encouraging this. But I wanted people to have a, a view on how they think. See? And it goes deeper than saying, what power? What power? Niggas go home to Africa. Niggas go home to Africa. No, we need to study you a little more. Because like I forgot to say, one of the reasons why we should be on point with who we utilize for our health, mental, physical, spiritual, is that, and I hate to tell the whole story, I'm going to say it quick. We had a guy come by that was going to change out all the windows and everything in our house in Orlando. And the area we lived in Orlando was close to the riots that happened back in, what, the 1920s? Okoye riots. We were two blocks over the Okoye borderline. And a lot of those old homes and people were there. They were still from that time. They had another area down, um, what was it? Uh, ortho, or, or something, uh, something, some, it started with an O. Same area, but you know, you divide up little communities and stuff like that. And this white man who was a year, Younger than me, I think I was like 52 or 53 at the time. So he found out and realized I was from New York City. He told me about his love for rap music, and he had a genuine love for rap music. He wasn't some white boy trying to be black because <laughs> he was bringing up names of, of, of rappers and, and, and time periods and stuff that I knew about. I'm like, damn, you know, but he was in Orlando. He really loved it. So we connected on that level, and I saw that he was just like a big teddy bear. 
So we got deeper. Because you know when I'm around people, I'm going to extract things out. We're going to talk. I'm not just going to take you on face value. So I said, you grew up down there? Oh, what's this? What's this? Alta Vista? Alta Vista? Because we lived up in the Hiawassee area. Right, right off of Hiawassee Road. I can say that now. We ain't there no more. <laughs> you know what I mean? In Orlando, in Pine Hills. And then people say, well, you lived on the nice side of Pine Hills. You know, I got another story for that another time. But he grew up in that little part a couple blocks down. And I said, how was it growing up for you? You know, I was trying to egg him on to say some uh, classified white people stuff. <laughs> he said, well... You seem to be a guy I can talk to, and I want to tell you one thing. 95% of the people who lived in that neighborhood not too long ago when I was a kid and you were in New York and you were a kid, back in the 70s and 80s, 95% of them were in the Klan or Klan sympathizers. We were the family that was known as being the nigger lovers. And on our block, we were the only ones. Maybe two blocks over there was some more, whatever. But 95% of the people there were Klan sympathizers or in the Klan. I said, wow. Had to keep egging him on because I'm getting some classified information. Am I kissing up to him, though? This is what it is. We need information, y'all. And even if it's somebody who doesn't look like me that has information, it's my job to extract it. Don't be talking to the white man. No, I'm going to find out the real deal. Now, if you push in propaganda to give me wrong information, I'm still going to compare it with other things. So I know I'm right. Right? We're going to do it that way. So, that being said, I think this race is done. Let me check on it. I like these little microphones. I can walk around and do normal stuff. I'm going to leave it out the bathroom if I go in there, though. We don't want to hear that. But it was fascinating to me, like Mr. Spock on Star Trek, fascinating, Captain. <laughs> I didn't want to do a Vulcan mind mill with this guy because I would have seen too much, but he revealed to me how hard it was for him. But this is the message that even in this day, I want to share with you. You have to be careful, y'all. Just because somebody that doesn't look like you smiles in your face doesn't mean they're for you. There are some who are more mild and some who are more severe. I'm not trying to make you paranoid. That's my job. <laughs> you filter it through. But what he said was, you know, Lance, look at the age we're in. The age group, just turned 50s, early 50s, whatever. He said, don't you know that I know the kids that I played with who come from families who really have their mind twisted against black people, Latinos and gays. I ain't fighting on that one, right? They're grown now. And they're in a position. They're in a position now to be your doctor at the hospital. They're prescribing pills to people that may be off a little bit. I don't know this as a fact, but I hear things. You can have great credit and a huge down payment and want to buy a home in a neighborhood where you're not wanted. And the word gets around. And you wonder why that loan officer at the bank can't allow you to have that loan when on paper you meet all the criteria. 
because they still have that ideology. They could be a healthcare provider. They could be the loan officer at the bank. It could even be a Caucasian person that goes to that loan, but they don't like that Caucasian person because they consider them white trash. He says, don't forget, it's not just white on black. White on white. They got certain statuses and levels within, but that's not my fight. I told him that. That's your business. And I asked him some more things. He named names of certain politicians that came from racist families that were Klan sympathizers or in the Klan, and they adopted that ideology because they run into each other. Hey, Bill, how are you? Haven't seen you for a long time. You know, Bill might be the one that came from the Klan sympathizer, right, family. And this guy, I don't know his name. Let's just say his name was Kevin. Hey, Kevin, how you doing? He's like, okay, really cool. So Bill, who came up in a racist family, wants to know if Kevin now is down with it after seeing how life is. And he may feign being down with it. And Bill may reveal some things to him. See what I mean? That Bill might be the politician who's going up against an opponent who's black but has dirt on the black opponent. So this thing, man, I don't know. I see too much, y'all. <laughs> it comes to me. And me doing what I do, people come to me to, you know, get themselves out. Back then in the land, a lot of politicians and lower-level politicians, I get to hear a lot of stuff. I'm like, these people are mentally ill. <laughs> This is the show about mental illness and schizophrenia. I didn't touch on schizophrenia so much. But, yeah, I'm looking at the, um, Gina G said she's showing her age. <laughs> yeah, about Twister. I'm showing my age because I forgot. <laughs> I hope ain't nothing happening with my brain, you know. But, no, I, I'm good. I'm good. I'm keeping active, and, and this in itself, keep, in itself keeps me, keeps me feeling good. Keeps me tuned up. Keep the physical up, the spiritual, the mental. Know where your blip is on the radar screen. And I'm going to talk about this more so. I'm not going to wrap it down right at this very minute, but in a few minutes I will. Because, you know, I was only going to do an hour, two hours and 17 minutes. You always get the extra bonus beats with me. Sunday, it rained real bad. Computer blipped out because of power surge on an unsurge. I'm chilling. It's overcast. I'm looking over the mountains. It's beautiful. And uh, around 6 o'clock, it'll be dark. Probably a little darker because it's overcast. The sun is blocked out. But it's a lazy, fun day Sunday. And I'm enjoying myself. And I can almost guarantee that I will be back on later on. I know that tomorrow we have Neil Frazier coming on and everything. So I'm looking forward to that. Got to make the link for that. Create the banner for that. Put it out there. You all know. And do some other things. But thank you so much. I don't know if there's anything that I didn't touch on, but, you know, kind of went off other places and stuff. But it's better than me just doing an hour show and just ending it, you know. So if there's anything you want me to speak on really quick, let me know. <laughs> Sweet D was like, yeah, you know it. <laughs> Unless I'm pressed to actually leave the house at a certain time because I have an appointment I have to go anywhere, that's the only reason why I'll cut it, whatever. But I always give a little extra. Or if I have to eat, I'll stop. That's why I got to eat before I do it, but now I'm back hungry again. So, you know, the food in here is smelling pretty good, and I'm going to get something to eat. But, Sweet tea, you know me. You know me good. If you don't know anything, you know that I'm going to give a little more than an hour. 
and you know I'm gonna let them balls hang free. <laughs> like I said, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I want to do a little comedy thing soon. I just haven't had the time. Um, so once you retire, man, you got all day. You know, I got more stuff to cooking now than when I was working a job. And even then, I pushed, so I earned it. But I can't just sit down and do nothing, you know. And certain things take time. And I'm utilizing every minute of my day for the positive to build a good foundation on the legacy I want to leave and the other endeavors that I'm doing, which will mix in with these and you'll know what they are. But, um, yeah, life is wonderful. And even though bad things happen and things happen to stress us, <clears throat> to sometimes bring us into a state of mental illness, at the end of the day, whatever we're going through, we have to know that we can heal from it. We can get better from it. And it's really, like they say in church, a future testimony. And we can be physically drained and mentally drained and spiritually drained and really not feeling like there's nothing in life that we can ever achieve anymore. We're no good no more. We're ready for the scrap heap. It's never, the scrap heap, heap is never that. You need to pull away and rest yourself and reevaluate and take time and meditate, sip on some good tea, eat some good meals, walk down some different streets. Soothe yourself. Do the things that you like to do. Invest in yourself. Take time in yourself. Stop being an enabler. Putting everybody else before you. And then when you do something for yourself, they say that you're selfish. Of course they're going to say that. Because they're sucking from you. Right? So we got to reevaluate ourselves and pull away sometime. When you see certain animals that are sick in the wild, which they call us a wild, but there's more order there than in the engineered world. We know that. I always say that. But they pull themselves away and pull themselves away from the pack and go up to a little cave or somewhere where they can be quiet and sleep, eat on some grass. They don't eat as much. Maybe sometimes we need to back off from eating as much and eat the necessary things and just be still. Maybe sometimes we need to stop eating on, on, on impulse and say, am I really hungry? Sometimes we got to stop being so sexed up in our mind and say, am I really horny? Am I really in need of this? Stop doing things you don't need to do because those things will be draining you out too. Do what you want to do, not on a hedonistic level, but what you need. Do what you need to do. If you're repressing something that you want to do, that's healthy, do it. I want to leave the house today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring my wallet. I'm going to bring my cell phone. I'm going to mute that bad boy or keep it off just in case of emergency. I just want to go out. I just want to go somewhere else. Let me be myself. Let me get away from this dysfunctional family, dysfunctional neighbors, dysfunctional thoughts that being in the physical place can stoke. Did you know that? Sometime you being home and it's your home and you love being home. But if your mind is filled up with things or an incident happened near a phone call in a certain area of the home, that might be reminding you of that feeling. Get out the house. Cleanse your mind of that and you come back and it won't be there anymore. The mind is a very tricky thing. We have to be proactive in our maintenance. It shouldn't be where, and we're going to go there most times, right, where we have to heal. But if you avoided the coffee table in the middle of the night, you would have bashed your, your shin and made that cut. So it's about maintenance. Doing the things you need to do to maintain good mental health. You've been working a lot. 
You might be a little broke. You may not have money right now like that. Just get away. Sit on a park bench in a park you've never been to before. Go to the hospital and speak to the people who have terminal illnesses and speak love to them. Let them tell you about their life before they're on their way out of here. And let them know that this is not it. You know, sometimes to make ourselves feel good, we can do something for somebody. We're so driven in this society. I've got to get the bag. i got I got to get mine. What about doing for somebody? Not some old using person who's just around you to use you, suck you down. But for somebody who genuinely needs it. Say so you got some check. I didn't see some check. I said check. <laughs> you got a check for twenty one hundred dollars. You were expecting it, but you thought it was gonna be fourteen. You budgeted it for fourteen. Well, if you want to take seven hundred of those dollars. I'm just making this up because, you know, we can catch up on things. There's maybe something you want to do for yourself. Maybe you take 350 for you. Now you're going to be the good Samaritan. But you've been feeling down. But sometimes we do something, and it doesn't just have to be money. It could be a shoulder to cry on or a listening ear. Let's just say it's money. And you go into the supermarket and you stand there where the cashier's on. You let them know, listen, I'm standing here because I want to do something good for somebody. I'm not going to shoot the place up. I'm not crazy. You know, you know, this is what it is. I want to do this. This is what I do. And you see a mother. You don't know if she's single or not, but you can kind of tell. she got five kids. And the way they're dressed is not too, looks like, you know, the clothes a little dowdy. And she has a coupon, she has a food stamp, she has a little bit of money, and she looks stressed. Well, maybe you give her 50 bucks, I don't know. Maybe you give her 350, maybe you give her a whole 700. But if something speaks to you in your heart, this is how we are as black people. Maybe others are like this too, but I know we are like this. We're the biggest tippers. We might be some of the most intense haters, but when we on... We on. And so you see that lady pinching her pennies and she has to tell her children to put certain things back on the shelf. Bingo! You walk up to that lady and you tell her, listen, I've been led to do this. This is for me to you. Take this. And walk away. You're not looking for accolades. You're not giving her your email address or you're not having a camera in your hand to say, do a little video with me to show how good of a person I am. Then that means that's bullshit, that you didn't do it out your heart. People have done some things for me out of nowhere when I needed it the most. It happened even this year. I'm sworn to not mention names that you know, but it was done for me in such a level that you would not believe what came through because they sensed it. And I thank you. But speaking of somebody specifically, you know who you are. I can't thank you enough at that particular crucial time. Huh? So this is what we have to do for each other. So instead of running out of the white Jesus and taking some of that money, lady who was with the five kids, don't do that. Show some love to your family who will do that. I mean, us. May not be the DNA sharers. Because that's where God resides, inside of us. 
And a lot of times, because of our hang-ups, we block that voice, not only from coming back to us, but from going out to help somebody, because we're all part of this system on a quantum level. And some will say karma, some will say this, some will say that, but we're all connected, whether we like it or not. And we should understand that one of us has a deficiency in our support systems that we need to undergird them and step up to the plate. Men, you need to man up. Men these days, I don't know what's a what, I'll say males, I'm sorry. I'm not going to insult men like that. But males these days, they're not like the way they used to be. We had issues back in the day, don't get me wrong. But the males these days in my midst, I'm seeing too many of them who, this word I'm about to say, is not allocated to any one sex, even though it's been used that way against females. It's a state of mind. But many men these days, they ain't nothing but bitches. They ain't nothing but bitches. Gossipy, hating, bitches. Some of them are chubby little bitches. They need to wear a bra with them titties. They got this bigger than their wives. Talk about balls hanging. They may have the physical balls, but they don't have the symbolic balls because there's a lot of women out here who got more balls than these little bitch men out here. And I know it pains them because you look to a male who should be a man to do certain things in our community, but they bitching on the little stupid things. They need to, they need to, they need to send their balls back. Turn your balls in. Like when a cop did something wrong, turn your badge and your gun in. Well, they need to turn their balls in. I might do a show this week. Turn your balls in. Because <laughs> you don't deserve to have them. You can create children with them, but you're a little bitch. And how are you going to lead your kids when you're a little bitch man? That's a whole other topic. I think I will talk about that tomorrow. Maybe I'll come back later on. I don't know. I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat. Yes, it's a beautiful thing. I want to thank you all for being here. I am going to sign off for real this time. I probably will come back on later. Hey, I got a lot of free time. I'm going to do what I got to do, but I got to do some other things. Got to hit some graphics and some artwork and some other things and other things and other things. I love it. I have a lot of time, but I have no idle time. I have idle time to rest. Yes, I do. Right? But I have no time to waste. If a person's in the wasting time, I can't deal. I can just sign. I could have just signed. Oh, I'm in the mountains in Ghana and looking out on this view and the hell with YouTube and all of that. I ain't stepping off. I ain't doing this no more. No, I love this. It's part of me. And I love you all. And on that note, let me just get ready to sign off here. Anything else that you want to say? Let me know. <laughs> Turn your balls in. <laughs> Don't be surprised if you see that <laughs> on a big banner. And it's like, wait a second, he did say. <laughs> he did say something about turning the balls in. Yep. Damn right. Sometimes we got to do that. But anyway, I'm not going to hit no music on the way out because I'm on the phone now. Computer's back on. Everything's working good. But I'm going to sign off like this. And I will talk to you in a little while. Always remember that we put everything that we do up on landscurve.com. 
We do more than videos. We write articles. There's artwork. There's other things that are there that you'll see that you won't see. There's things on other platforms that are posted that's a little risque that YouTube won't allow, but YouTube doesn't control me, right? So we're going to leave it like that. Anyway, just want to say much love to you all. I'll talk to you later on. It's been good, but it's two hours and 31 minutes and 20 seconds, and I'm quite sure I'll be back later on. I just have to tend to a few things. But much love to you all, family. Peace. Much love.